Hi, I'm Angela and welcome to the Mood Board Podcast. This week I connected with Michelle Perry, founder of Black Southern Bell, and she is also a part of 28 Black Tastemakers Class of 2017. I have been a fan of Michelle's work for years. I remember when I stumbled upon the Black Southern Bell Instagram page, probably in 2016, um, and it was the first time I saw a lifestyle brand that fully embraced the experience of Black women in the South. And just full disclosure for all of you, I am not a Southern Belle. I have lived my entire life above the Mason-Dixon line. The furthest South I've ever lived is DC. But regardless of all that, as someone who went to Howard University, Michelle's always doing the HBCU culture. Just the experience of being a Black woman, I never felt like there was a barrier for me as a Northerner to get into her brand. Um, And I say I was into it so much that I remember when I got asked to be a panelist for the Black Southern Bell Collective. I remember scrounging together money from the beginning days of my interior design business so I could actually buy a plane ticket and get a hotel room and be a part of this experience because I was so invested in what Michelle has done. Um, So we have not talked in years since then. I'm really excited to catch up to her learn about how is she managing her business in the new normal, and also what is the state of Black-owned art galleries right now during the pandemic? Many people have been asking me, how can they support my business? And let me tell you, if you're listening to this podcast, you are already on the right path. So just make sure that you subscribe and share it with your friends and family. But a second thing you can do is sign up for my Skillshare class, The Art of Styling Your Room, How to Create a Mood Board. In less than 15 minutes, you will have all the tools you need to begin to design your dream space. I will also provide feedback on Skillshare and share students' work on my Instagram feed. So on that note, let's get started with the show. One, Michelle, welcome to the Mood Board Podcast. I'm super excited to talk to you. We have not connected in years. Um, And you're a Black tastemaker, and you are really just a mover and shaker. And I just wanted to talk to you about what has happened since the last time we've connected. I know, really, it was maybe almost three, maybe even four years ago. Yeah, four. Uh, Yeah, four years ago for the Black Southern Bell Collective. And I think now, even with the quarantine and COVID, I look back and I'm so thankful that I actually took some interior design money and I was like, I'm making the trip. I'm gonna fly down there. I booked a hotel. And I just had such an amazing experience going to that event. Um, I just felt like what you put together and even the people that you connected together, I'm still talking to them through social Mm -hmm. media. Um, And it was just a really great way to make you know, real connections, um, and especially within the Black design community. Um, So I just wanted to first start out with our first-time listeners. You know, people, I mean, when I would say this in general, listeners are just getting to understand the wealth of Black talent that's out there. Um, And Black Southern Bell, I just wanted for you to kind of let people know, what is it all about? How did you start it? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, and thanks for having me. So excited. Um, Black Southern Bell is a lifestyle brand focused on African-American women from the South and living in the South. 
Um, I started it in 2015. I was planning my wedding in Charleston, which is where I'm from, and decorating my first home in Maryland. And I was looking for lifestyle inspiration that was African-American and Southern at the same time, because I'm always black and I'm always Southern. Uh, and I was going to the African-American outlets and there wasn't a lot of Southern content. I was going to the Southern outlets and there wasn't a lot of black content. And I was like, this just can't be. Uh, and I started asking my girlfriends and they were like, oh, we're just putting, piecing things together. And I was like, that is silly. We all are black and Southern and we all have you know, great taste and we're looking for inspiration. And I went to Instagram and looked up the hashtag Black Southern Bell and girls were already using. And I was like, oh, this could be a thing. And I went to GoDaddy <laughs> and BlackSouthernBell.com was available, which I was honestly very surprised. Yeah. Uh, I bought that and bought a bunch of other Black and Southern URLs. And I just started from there. I told my husband I was going to do it full time because uh, I'm a different kind of person. I would not always suggest that to most people at all. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with having a full-time job and being a blogger. You do not have to start a full-time at all. I just mm. have, uh, I can't pay attention very long, so I have to do one thing at a time. <laughs> You're like multitasking, not <laughs> my gift. Multitasking is a skill set, but not on something like that. And I knew yeah. I wouldn't. But I, you know, I said if I, my only my best friends are reading this after a month, I'll go back and find a regular job. And mm. thankfully, mm. after a week, other people were reading it who are not just my best friends. So <laughs> here we are today still doing it. Uh, with my crazy planning or like it girl. all paid off those crazy <laughs> ideas I mean it all worked out uh somewhat it did know. work out and I think what's always been interesting too about your brand is that even if you're not from the south you know if you're a black mm -hmm. woman you still really gravitate towards it I gravitate towards the content mm -hmm. the styling the stories um because I went to Howard University and there's yep. like so much HBCU content yeah. mm -hmm. there as well um, that I feel yep. like there's just so much to take in. Definitely. So I think my next question for you is just, you know, how have you been managing your business really through mm -hmm. the new normal? How is it, how is it still operating? It, there's lots of automations, <laughs> lots yeah. of apps, lots of tools, figuring out how to do a lot on the phone. I will say uh, I've been pregnant. It feels like for four years straight, but not quite. <laughs> so I had two the children are out <laughs> before this. They're out. So uh, learning, I had learned how to do a lot of stuff just on my phone uh, yes. with my kids because when I had my first baby, my husband actually got a job that made him go to Atlanta half the week. Mm. So like literally right after he finished paternity leave, he had to go back, go to Atlanta half the week. So yes. I learned how to do a lot just on my phone. Yes. Uh, so that has helped, I think, you know, finding the quiet time and just like the creativity time is probably the hardest thing for me just yeah. because I am not a creative first. Uh, so it's there in me, but it takes time. And usually traveling to places is what inspires it for me. I love my home. Mm -hmm. I have lots of things that I got, have gathered from where I've traveled, but I usually get a lot of my inspiration from going out. So after a while, I started, you know, just thing that we were going to just start visiting like landing docks and boat docks this is when they were like just sit in the house and don't go anywhere because you know yeah your faces of like yeah like, don't move don't yeah. breathe the air outside <laughs> exactly don't while. breathe the air it's in the particles so for a while it was like do not do anything and that, you know after a while i was like well we at least have to drive in the car and now i like we'll go on the front porch and the back patio a lot more and now i'm back yeah. visiting my parents and they have their farm so you know, I've done just a lot of automation outsourcing to folks. Like sometimes I can't make the content. So I found mm. some of my con favorite content creators and just paid them to make a video. Like I had yeah. a really gr a girl out of um, Nashville who does like high-end um, dinner parties and she was doing virtual parties and I did a story on her mm. and I just liked it. So I was like, well, you know, if you have videos of like content you're making while you're already doing the work for your clients, mm. 
you make the video, I'll pay you and I'll post it and tag you and share. And so that has worked really well. Hmm. Um, Republishing yeah. old content and just for like time's sake has helped. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, just staying on LinkedIn and just trying to, you know, keep myself aware and abreast of things that have had clients, you know, maintain and I run ads on the site. So that has been good because there's a lot of traffic from people kind of just sitting around at home being bored, quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like that is helped, but you know, it'll be interesting because my busy season of, you know, brand partnerships is holiday. So that's actually, mm. that's what I'm trying to prepare for. Yeah, right around the uh, corner. Figure that out right now. So honestly, just automation and coordinating with my husband has been a lot of fun for everyone. I'm sure all the wives and husbands have a lot to say about Well, I know they're like, mm, depends on the day. No, I love my husband. It really depends on the hour of the minute. It's like, yes. did I have coffee this morning? You know, so making sure I stay hydrated and caffeinated yeah. before I talk to people has been important. So now, what is one of your most popular, like, I guess, apps that you do use that's kind of like I use Buffer a lot okay. and Tailwind. Uh, hmm. Tailwind just has already been automated forever. So that's worked really well for my Pinterest, Buffer for hmm. my Facebook, um, MailerLite, the copy of old email and retains the title. So hmm. um, I also work with Chloe Digital and they help me with a lot of stuff and like strategizing and making things simpler. So, hmm. you know, any blogger, they have different tiers of how you can subscribe to them. Okay. Uh, but they do give you like insight onto like, things that can make things easier or repurposing old content for new stuff. Uh, so that's mm -hmm. what a lot of it that I've been doing. It's just like trying to repurpose what I already have. Cause I imagine most creatives and content creators have so much stuff just like in their inventory that they even forget they I did. Know. I just looked um, at my website and I was like, Oh dang, I've got like four right. things that aren't even up right. there. I'm like, Oh my God. So <laughs> republishing has definitely been like helpful. It refreshes your SEO, increases your traffic. Um, and, you know, especially, you know, with so many different topics going on, especially with the folks searching for black owned things, I had lots of articles in that. So that's what I've been mostly doing and brands have been reaching out, but, you know, at one point it was also a sensitive thing to like have a sponsored content. And I took mm, a break just yeah. generally speaking, cause it was, I felt odd. It was just odd. I mean, this is again, when they were like, sit in the house, don't breathe the air, wash your, yeah. wipe your bags down. <laughs> like, it was a phase of like, yeah. I was like, do we all need bubbles that we had to buy? I was like looking up like UV rays. Like, you know, I mean, I still am. You know, I know, and Lysol <laughs> sold out everywhere. So you're like, oh God, Lysol this is my last out. thing of Lysol. Right. So I was like going through all my bathrooms. I was like, oh, what do I have here? That You know how you have like stacks of stuff from different places. I was like, oh, let me see what I have. And thankfully my my mother like packed, you know, grandmothers, they they buy things differently. It's like a hundred of everything. They don't mess around. My <laughs> husband's mother... I mean, she's ready. I know, and I know she listens to these, so I, I know I have to watch my words. But she but has compliment. enough for several pandemics like, over. Right. So and it helps like, us. Like, I already have everything. What's wrong with you? You don't have six weeks of everything. I was like, I, no, I really like, don't. <laughs> I'm like, like, you don't mix up toilet paper and six. Weeks. I'm like, my parents also live in a farm in the middle of the woods, so like the grocery store is 20, 30 minutes from them, so they're so a lot they're ready. Longer. Yeah, they have like deep freezers and all kinds of stuff and they farm and so you know, they're living Exactly. They're like well, they've they been were prepared for the this curve. all along. I know, they're COVID hipsters. I they are exactly now we're gonna be like <laughs> do a show about your parents. Like, tell us more about your day. 
how do you stock so much toilet paper? <laughs> I know. It's like, how do you stock toilet paper and grow all these things? And they have like fruit trees and a pond and everything. Oh. So they're like their own grocery store. Oh, they better um, watch it. You know, those money offers people be coming in. They're like, this looks, looks like a very nice, oh, yeah, good looking do. farm. They do get them all the time. They've had them for years. Though. <laughs> so that's not even COVID. Like everyone wants to buy their land, um, but they're not They're like, anymore. we're good. We're good. Yeah. Well, on that note, let's take a break. When it comes to finishing a room, most people forget about the styling. Even when people buy the whole room setting from the showroom. You guys remember that? Showrooms? Ugh. Those were the good old days. You'd often come home, set it all up, and then ask yourself, why doesn't it look as good as it did in the store? Well, the secret is because it hasn't been styled. But don't worry, I've got you covered. Check out my Skillshare class, The Art of Styling Your Room, How to Create a Mood Board. And in less than 15 minutes, you will have all the tools you need to begin to design your dream space. Sign up for Skillshare.com and I will post your work on my Instagram feed. So let's talk a little bit um, about your connection to Black art um, mm-hmm. and really just the impact that's happening with Black art galleries right now during the mm-hmm. pandemic. Yep. So I grew up going and buying Black art with my dad. My grandfather mm-hmm. had a lot of art uh, in his house as well. So it was just always around me. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't even think it was like abnormal. Uh, mm-hmm. And I literally do associate with my grandfather and my dad. And I remember like <laughs> buying gifts in college of like getting art framed. It was just mm-hmm. like, one of my, my roommate was like, what are you doing? I was like, what are you doing? And I'm not, again, I'm not like a creative or. <laughs> yeah, you're like, this is just I what was, you like, do. I was like a finance major. So it was just like, it wasn't like I was in the fine art school and like an artist right. at heart. I just, I was like, oh, you buy art for gifts. I, I mm. didn't even think it was like a thing, but then I really, you know, and. Now, you know, I also grew up in the Low Country. We have like Jonathan Green, who's like a world-renowned artist, and I grew mm. up with, you know, seeing his art everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know, I just always have loved art, and I've just taken that to heart as an adult. And I have like three hundred things to get framed at all times, <laughs> yep. uh, and I bought a house with really high ceilings so I could have my own museum, which is what my husband calls it, because um, he's <laughs> usually the one hanging it. Uh, <laughs> But I don't know. It just makes me happy. I don't know. I love color. So I'm definitely like colorful art. Yeah. Um, again, Gullah art is, I don't know if most people know about Gullah art or culture. It's um, a cultural here down here in the low country in African American culture. It's a mixture of many African cultures from when slaves came to the U.S. And it mm-hmm. certainly influences a lot of things. If you've had shrimp and grits, then you've pretty much done something Gullah. If you, yeah. you know, uh, you know, I absolutely, and there's so many artists that live down here and I didn't realize, you know, whether it's sweetgrass basket art, Mm. whether it's the, you know, painter, you know, painting and like people, a lot of artists move down here because of the landscapes. Um, So whether, so I just grew up around it, always had it. Everyone in my house has a, everyone in my family has a Jonathan Green piece of art in their house. Mm. Like it is a requirement. He makes a calendar every year that everyone has to buy. Okay. Uh, And it's like in every store, he has stationary (laughs) cars, they're all over my house. Um, And you know, like the artists, I don't know if anybody watched, watching the show, Gullah Gullah Island, the two hosts of the show, Ron and Natalie are also artists themselves. Okay. Uh, And I actually have one of her pieces in my house. I have to, I don't know if I have it over here, but, um, so it's just a lot of art 
everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, the low country, Charleston loves art. I mean, it is definitely like an artsy area. I don't think people always think of Charleston in like the low country that way, but I'll like, be honest, when I visited for the first time, I was surprised walking down the right. streets and seeing, yeah. I was like, oh, I don't know what I thought, but like, I never thought there was <laughs> so think much think art. People think about it. Yeah, it's no. everywhere. It is like a big, I don't think people know. I mean, there's a lot of like artist hubs, like even the farmer's market across the street from me, I buy art from there. They mm. have art selling. They, I have a piece that I've like been eyeing for a while. It's like a one of the oldest black Catholic churches in mm. South Carolina that a painter did. So mm. I mean, we have tons of folk art. Um, it's so, just definitely popular. Yeah. I didn't, again, like it's just like very common, not like in a bad way, but just like, it's a part of the lifestyle of living there. Yeah, and it is a lifestyle. Like, people grow up getting, like, botanical arts as well. You know, obviously, like, art of, like, you know, oysters. And, mm. you know, I just have always, I don't know, I just love it. And my dad, I just grew up, I remember going to the framing store with my dad and getting stuff framed and picking out art with him. And, you know, they were selling books and art. It was, like, a art gallery because we lived in Charlotte for a while. They sold, like, african-american books and art at the same time too and it was like a man owned it so i don't know i just always um you know grew up doing it but you know right now there is definitely you know yeah how are they surviving right now some of the gala art galleries have closed Mm. um you know travel is certainly a piece of especially in the south and i imagine everywhere that you know it's a good piece a good chunk of why how artists sell just through mm-hmm. festivals and events and programs with museums and a lot of that is just not happening as much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have seen folks pivot to online, um, but some folks haven't gotten there yet. So, yeah. you know, I've just been trying to promote as much art I see on my site um, yeah. and showcase what I have and trying to see what we can do to connect brands who are doing virtual events and encourage online gift shops and different things and I'm trying to promote as many virtual museum events I see. Mm. Um, but it really does worry me and make me sad. I do, you know, I think it's great to have Gullah artists in non-Gullah-owned museum and art galleries, but I'd love to continue seeing them in their own. Well, um, right, and it's like part of, like you said, it's just part of the culture, you know, of living there. It is part of the culture. So to see like, that going them, away. You know, two that shut down were around for like 40 years. Wow. Uh, so those aren't, you know, no, and I think there's some plans to open in different ways, but you know, 40 years is a long time. And I don't even think people like the idea that there's a black art gallery, like in the middle of like a small town in the South for 40 years. I don't think people like think that's like common and they were selling like right. world renowned like art. Um, and some of the places where they're actually built on it are also kind of to me, like I consider them almost like ancestral places. They're like on like earth property and own, you know, so I think mm. there's just for me a lot of connection um to certain things and like I just loved going to them like one of them the guy was also a photographer so he had like all of these civil rights prints mm. of his own photography that only he has uh, and it's his own like it was insane when I went in there and he was like oh here's my private stuff like in the back of all my prints of anyone wow. who's ever come to like South Carolina that I've taken photos of since like 60s and I was like this is crazy he was a painter Right. He had like the connection of like black Civil War paintings of like black soldiers. He had a collection of like black hunters. It was just like stuff that I don't, you know, for me as a person who is obsessed with like black and Southern culture, uh, I was like floored with like. Yeah, you're like, I want these stories. 
Right. So I was like, mm. oh my God, I can't buy it all. I mean, I really would if I could. Um, but my husband <laughs> put me on a moratorium of like art buying. <laughs> He's like, Michelle, like, support in other ways. There are other I ways. I have like crazy, like because I used to go to a festival and buy like three pieces. And my husband calls me like the pay the rent girl. Um, <laughs> when it comes to like, like, <laughs> He's like, you pay a lot of people's rent when it comes to art. But you know, I mean, I don't know. I just like, because I've, I don't know. I just love it. It makes me happy. I don't care. I mean, even if I can only buy stationery because I'm like, you know, shouldn't be spending too much that month. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Because you can always, you know, I think that's what I do think I love about the art in the South. It's like, it's so approachable. It's like, mm. there's a, a art gallery mm -hmm. that I go to in downtown Charleston. They sell, you know, $100,000 things and $5,000 things. And they also sell a dollar postcard for you to just appreciate that mm -hmm. art, right? Yeah. Uh, so I think that is what I do love, particularly about like Southern art culture it's like there's high end but it always melds together it's I guess that is like to me I guess I think you were asking about what is the black southern belt it's like yeah you can appreciate fine things but then also appreciate being like in the dirt so yeah. I don't know <laughs> no the casualness and I think just sort of the balance between the two because I mean we live in Connecticut and it's like you yeah. know art galleries they feel like this thing you know what I mean like I need to dress up and it's, I mean, again, I think even in the South, you'd want to dress up when you go to an art gallery, oh, yeah. but it doesn't feel a part as a normal part of your life. I felt like when I was in Charleston, you know, I'm eating a meal. I want to get a coffee. I'm just going to walk into an oh. art gallery. Just felt like it was a natural part of the life, you know, living there. It really there. is. So there's this one artist, he does woodworking mm -hmm. and he focuses on like, um, military, black military, like landscapes and like okay. uh, farm landscapes. And I was kind of like obsessed with we're working for a while. Again, like I go on weirdly weird. <laughs> You're like, I, that was a moment. I remember that face. Like, and I still am. Like, I'm going to buy that piece. Or I got like a woodworking piece up the AME church near my home. Uh, so I had like, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And I got kind of intrigued. I was like, how is this like this? I like wood. Like my grandfather, my grandfather's a brick mason and they like mm. built a lot of different things and you know he also was like a longshoreman so I was interested in that I was looking I was like oh do you have like something woodworking of like longshoremen I don't know if you know about them but they're like one of the only black unions kind of like hmm. borders and they made six figures um okay and okay. they maintain a lot of the land that people are very proud of here the heirs property like paying taxes on it so it's like a kind of unknown story of like I guess like black wealth in the south yeah um yeah. from New any part of the coast of the south there's like longshoremen um, mm. and they have the same sort of kind of story. Uh, and I was just like intrigued by what he's doing. He was like, oh, and it was so funny because he was, I was like, I want to buy the piece. I want to look at it. He was like, okay, come to my house. It's down the road, down this road, down that road. I was like, oh my God. I was like, this is, and that's what I think I like. You're like, and again, you're, you're, you're in the dirt there. now. He's like, like, okay. He's like, well, you know, you know where this brick house is. I was like, I kind of do. I'm like, and he's like older. I'm like, I'm not really from there, but I was so, he was like on it with like texting. So I was just impressed with that. So I was like, okay. So it was funny. Uh, and you're like, like, again, it was an adventure. <laughs> Oh my God. And he knew one of my friends that was like, where it runs one of the like galleries. And um, she was just like, Mr. Johnny called about you. He was like, call him back on this number. And I was like, oh my goodness. So that's like the funnest. I was like, so yeah. You, you never know where your day could go. I also just like experience, experiencing artists because they have like personality. Yeah. I've been told I have some personality, but I think they have way more Oh, stuff. Michelle, you have some personality. <laughs> it's in you. I know you keep saying this. Now I'm, I'm not a creative in the financial. I'm like, it's there. Okay. It just. is, but I just love talking. The artists are so fun. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> they are a lot of fun. And I guess even for me, like I see artists as like meaning a lot of things. Like I think of like the farmers as artists because they really are. I mean, it is an art to like 
grow vegetables correctly, pick it at the right time. Like, I don't know. I love the tradition. Like, I'm kind of into like coloring art right now. So I'm like researching mm. that. I'm into, okay. like, so mm. it, I'm really into like, it's like, because as I was thinking about like the holidays, I was like, oh man, the holidays are going to be kind of sad. And I was like, mm. oh man, the holidays yes. are going to be sad. And like, what is more like black and southern or black in general the coloring uh and the holidays yeah and so I was like, oh in, in down south like especially there's a time when you pick the, the best colorings are after the first frost hmm okay and it's like good for me to know to i love eating them but i don't know what's the time to, good time to the get the best colorings are literally after the first frost there's something that my dad says that it like changes the taste altogether and hmm. like literally people in down here like fight over the first frost colorings for thanksgiving and like they hmm. save it and share it with family it's just so and there's like stuff like that I'm like oh my gosh I'm like oh is there an artist that makes like the first frost like I'm like I don't know I have really rare brain thoughts but I was like oh that could be kind of interesting but I don't know I just see even like just I mean running a farm is like art I'm like also obsessed with farm art so that's like also my thing but I don't know I guess I view artists as like many things um but I really do think like farming is is an art because uh, it no, is. it is. I mean, it's a lot of hard work, and I think even just to have a farm like your what your parents are doing today, it's a dying I know. art. You know what they I mean? Do like, like I, two acres for fun. That's like right, <laughs> right. And you're like, and that's fun. <laughs> you don't even have two acres of a yard. And they no, acres for fun. Um, and I think you know, and I love uh, the artists who showcase that. And a lot of mm. farmers are also artists, which is really fun to see, like uh, as well. So like because they're out in nature and land so much, I think that's kind of where it like comes from. I don't um, know, Michelle. This sounds like a very interesting bo- like book. Farmers <laughs> art. I'm like, I do. What? I really do. I would like. I bought. I was collecting books about like farmer. I was buying. I have like a lot of collections, and mm-hmm. it's almost embarrassing. My other obsession is books. So like I again am the person who like keeps the bookstores going at like museums <laughs> that might only have like two guests a month. So like that's my other thing because yeah. you find the coolest things, and it's kind of like random. Um, and then they'll have like the books that don't go on Amazon, and maybe they'll have like an old book, or even like I bought um a church recipe book from like a black church at a museum mm-hmm. that they just had it. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of cool. And you're not going to get that on Amazon or anywhere no, else. No, you're not. Might get it on eBay. eBay has some of that kind of stuff sometimes. Uh, that is definitely a place to go. I was looking at Ebony Junior magazines to yeah. like put it at a um, nursery for the kids. And they mm-hmm. had them all on Amazon. And I don't oh. think like, you know that Ebony Junior was a thing. No, I first I was like, Ebony Jr.? No. Yeah, they had a kid's magazine. What? Yeah, I didn't know yeah, that. Exactly. Okay, so you know I'm going to be looking that up today. I know you should. Don't take them all, though, because I still ain't buying I know. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like now I'm like, now I'm like, okay. I'm like, like Ebony Jr. Like three. I don't need a ton. Just like three. Just don't take them all. Everybody You're like, just save some. I know. I'm like, I guess I should go buy them after this. <laughs> what? Oh, okay. I'm excited. Like that. Um, so now I have been like coming through Ebay's and all that kind of stuff and first dibs or whatever to just try to get yes. some like inspiration of things that I miss. Um, but mm-hmm. Ebay actually has a lot of stuff. Because I became obsessed with black movie posters. I get weird. No, I, I I went through that. So I went through that phase too. So you weren't alone. <laughs> and I was looking at like Eve's Bayou because in another oh. life, that was like my life. So I think I've almost ended up like that. Pretty close. I think to living like Eve's Bayou. <laughs> minus like the ghost. But sometimes that's something. Yeah, you're like, I'm like, the ghost isn't cl- Okay. But who knows? You never know. They say the low country is pretty haunted. Savannah is the most haunted city in the South besides like New Orleans, they supposedly say. So mm-hmm. there are ghost tours not too far from where we live. I went on a ghost tour of my town, actually. I went on to make sure my house was not on that dang on tour because I was about to call my realtor and be like, ma'am, 
I okay, then you need a spatial clearing. And I know people Right, because I was like, someone should, I was, so I was like, I'm just coming on this ghost tour to make sure my house is not on this ghost tour. It was also a lot of fun. <laughs> I would suggest going on a ghost tour if you can, socially right. distance. <laughs> right, socially distance. <laughs> socially distance, which I think you should do regardless on a ghost tour. Be I agree, in, gen- in general. <laughs> people, random <laughs> strangers, don't want you like screaming and grabbing them. I think about that, yeah, that's probably the best way to do one. Um, So the next thing I'm going to move to um, is going to be our interior design uh, trends game. So I try to do this with every tastemaker. We always play some Mm -hmm. sort of game. And I know for you, you have such experience with this. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to talk to you about some trends that are from House Beautiful for 2020. And I kind of wanted to get your thoughts if you love it or hate it and then why. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So the first one is Kane, Wicker, and Rattan. So it's kind of this grand millennial yep. style. It's very hot right now. How yeah. do you feel about it? I love it. I'm from the South. I live on the coast. Okay. I have a big front porch. I pretty much live by it. Okay. It's not You're a trend, like... it's life. I just say, like, it's a trend or is it life? <laughs> it is life. I don't even know why that's a trend. The grand millennial is like, that's a trend. I'm like, that's pretty much life. <laughs> Okay, the next trend, I thought this was interesting. It's um, Mm -hmm. made to order pieces. So Mm -hmm. like, I guess just people wanting to have everything custom, you know, not just for like the high-end clients. I like it, cause coronavirus with like offices and stuff, Mm -hmm. like like, with kids, like customizing things to like not be this height, but that height, they can't touch it, can't grab it. Mm -hmm. So I like it. I think, you know, it's a fun way to splurge on yourself for some self-care if it costs a little bit more. I don't have like the patience for like getting stuff shipped. So I generally like buy like at a vintage store or at the store directly or whatever they have on the floor. So I'm like, that's like my like gauge of like, it's meant for me or not. It's like, <laughs> like I don't I have to wait. Right now, that's it. And it's not meant for me. Cause okay. I will buy everything if I just like. So made to order. Yeah. Not your world. Mm-mm. Not my world, but I do appreciate it uh, <laughs> for folks who have more restraint than me. So that, because my collection of books and art alone, so I can't have that much furniture Okay. in my house. Yeah, because you need the museum. We need, we need to be able to take in the art. I do. <laughs> I still have a lot of furniture, though. I think I have like 90 chairs. Okay, now, now, so you haven't. You I got a lot of sitting areas though, and front porch area and patio. So we're talking about outdoor and indoor chairs. Okay, no, like, I agree. I have three dining. I have three table areas, like a dining table, a no, coffee table, and office. I've got so a lot of chairs too. It sounds like a too. lot, but like you know. I agree. When you're thinking chairs. about the spaces, yeah, it may not be. Like yeah, that. the South just really likes the occasional chairs that just sit there. Like we have like <laughs> a lot of sitting areas. <laughs> Okay, so the next one is Vintage Galore. Um, yeah. How do you, I feel like you love this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't? Why, why would you not? <laughs> Even if you like modern things or, you know, if, you, if you're more of a minimalist, there's still, I feel like, something vintage, whether it is a book or a coaster, like something small yeah that can make you feel and who doesn't need some nostalgia during COVID-19 I agree I look so that's why I that's why I love vintage because of the nostalgia so I'm like even if you are you know a modernist or a minimalist I think there's a little something that can be vintage it doesn't have to be like a whole room but I still think like you need something a little old I agree Um, gives a character and again the memories associated yeah it's big for that Okay, next one is uh, Design Blue. So the Pantone color of the year is Classic Blue. How do you feel yep. about that? 
again from the south in the low country ocean coastal hmm. for me again that is a lifestyle and my dad was in the navy so okay as a child if i found something blue i could blow the budget so i associate blue i made my na- my wedding clothes were navy blue and white oh. so blue is always done yeah, yeah. like we so. already nailed that Okay, then the next one is curves, curves, curves. Everybody's mm-hmm. in love with these kind of yeah. organic shape pieces. How do you feel? I like it. Mm-hmm. I'm into it. I don't you think have I have anything to. like it. Yeah, I, I mean, I have like the um, the what are those? I have an English sofa. You know the okay. ones that have like the curve. What I can't think of the t- name of it. I call it Purple Rain because I bought okay. it the day Prince died. <laughs> <laughs> it's purple. It's purple. And I just bought it because I was like, I said this couch, I need a couch. It's purple. I do like purple. It's like a deep royal purple. It's, okay. It's like a very traditional, like setting, mm-hmm. like shape, but the color is so crazy. Yeah, um, no, it sounds interesting. And then Prince died the day before, and I love Prince, so I was like, Prince sent this to me, and my husband was like, this is ridiculous again, and so then I had to call <laughs> my dad and get a truck. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it was like five minutes before the store closed and she was like, I'm about to leave. So do you yeah. want this couch or not? And I was like, and my, I was like, I do, I have to get it. And my husband's like, who's coming to get this purple couch, Michelle, besides you? And I was like, someone might someone. want my purple couch. Yeah. Purple and actually so many compliments on my purple couch. He was not convinced about it. But then when he saw it, he's like, oh, cause it's so deep of a purple. Mm-hmm. It feels like having a navy blue couch because it is like the deep. Yeah. Well, it's not like gray purple. Cause I have a gray purple. Like room, it's not quite that, but so it doesn't seem as loud once it's like in when the you house. See it. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'm so gonna have to look this up. Look this up. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I need a picture of this. Okay. And <laughs> the last trend is um, indoor outdoor. Just like there's so many pieces now being made yeah. um, for both categories. How do you feel? Again, another lifestyle in the coast. <laughs> in the south. That's true. That's always been your lifestyle. Yeah, it's always been our lifestyle. Very similar to like Caribbean decor. We have sunrooms, we have front mm. porches where you do dinner parties, back patios. So again, I think, you know, we're all stuck at the house, so you might as well make it your vacation resort. <laughs> like just so we're all clear, like these trends have always existed, okay? I thought, like, all I, of mean, I mean, but again, I live in the coast. Um, yeah. So like a lot of it does match up with coastal mm-hmm. style. And I think people may be missing outdoors and home. And so I, you know, it makes sense as to why those trends would, you know, yeah. fit. Uh, yeah. So I'm on board with all of them, even the, you know, <laughs> customizing things. Again, I just get like, Confused. Although I do want to make my library room into a coffee shop because I kind of miss coffee shops. So I might have to figure out a custom thing with that. I agree. I had been like looking at different places and I'm like, I don't know why. Like I miss the little baskets where like, I like my snacks. I kind of want to lie to myself. Like I'm mm-hmm. at a Starbucks, even though I'm not. Just need so I think I might literally put like a, um, like a espresso like island in mm-hmm. my library room and yes. just put a marble top on it and like find an old like island and like get it redone or something just because I miss it. I really do. And I, do I always wanted one. I thought it's kind of weird, but I'm like, I think I'm just going to go with it. I just think you don't wheel so I can move it if I don't yes. want Yes. Yes. We're home enough now. We should be able to do this. Yeah. Maybe I'll get it treated and just put it outside when I don't use it in the library room. That could be. <laughs> like done. I mean, you have to like, I mean, I'm trying to use outside as much as I can. So I'm just like, well, you know, might as well make everything movable. 
Yeah. Um, you know, with photo shoots and brand stuff, it's like easy. It's just easier when things can move. Yeah, um, I totally agree. Whatever you can slide, I might be committed hold. to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I might buy a bubblegum machine. I mean, I don't know. I'm just like, I can't do regular <laughs> things. And I might even buy like a water fountain because that'll never happen again. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I'm just feeling inspired right now. Uh, I've got the ideas. I know I'll never do it in regular society. Maybe yeah. I'll just like bring it to the house because like I'm never drinking out of water fountain. Like, no, those are gone. <laughs> water fountains are gone. That's going to be something we tell our well, children. Like, that's vintage right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Something we'll be bringing into our homes. Like, that's I had a water fountain. It's right there. So there'll be a bunch of water fountains on eBay uh, that everyone can pick up. Absolutely. Well, Michelle, that is our interview. I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy you. schedule to do this. It means a lot to me. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. <laughs> a lot of fun. Yes. Well, I hope you all had some fun with our conversation. I'm definitely still digesting the idea of naming your velvet sofa Purple Rain after your love of Prince. Um, So definitely a lot to take in. Check out the shoppable mood board um, that I came up with based on our conversation at AngelaBelt.com backslash the mood board podcast. And as always, be sure to share this with your friends and family and please subscribe. Bye-bye.